The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. This is episode number 43. Today is Sunday, April the 16th. It's Easter Sunday, and we're not taking a day off because we're hardcore like that. I'm joined, as always, by Jeff the Animal Wilson on the phone, and back on the show after a long layoff is my brother Rob. Live from Tampa. (laughs) Rob, how you doing? Mighty fine. Those fights were uh, pretty good, if you ask me. Yeah, we're coming off one of probably the best fight cards in a long time. The UFC fight night on Fox 24 from Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, Jeff, how you doing? Bill, I am well into my spring break, so I am awesome. Like, you could shit in my mouth right now, and I would not be upset. That's how good I feel. All right. Well, depending how many whiskeys I have, I might take you up on that. Me too. <laughs> you might. <laughs> All right, so this is going downhill quick because Jeff's, Jeff's ending up with a, a double mouth shitter and uh, we haven't even really started drinking yet. <laughs> I ate a lot of corn too. So ready to pick your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we're starting on a high note, which is appropriate because uh, Jeff... I know you and I were texting a little bit, but not during the fights because I watched them a little later than you, but this has to be top to bottom one of the best fight cards in a while. And I think a lot of people are skeptical to tune in uh, when Mighty Mouse is headlining a card. Uh, So give me your thoughts on why you think that is, and also give me your thoughts on Mighty Mouse's victory and tying Anderson Silva's record for the most title defenses in UFC history. Yeah, I think Mighty Mouse isn't too big a draw for a couple of reasons. One, he's cleaned out the division, which we've talked about numerous times already. And two, uh, and we discussed this midweek through text, he doesn't have great mic skills, but in his defense, he's not getting paid to talk. He's getting paid to go in there and fight. And fight, he can. That's true, but unfortunately, a lot of the guys in the UFC are getting paid to talk. Um you know, Gegar Mousasi brought up this point. He was like, Mark Hunt is like 11 and 10, and he's one of the highest paid guys on the roster. Can somebody explain this to me, like what I'm doing wrong? So opening your mouth is a way to get paid, and I think Mighty Mouse did that a little bit at the end of his fight, where he basically said, I'm better than Anderson Silva, I'm better than George St. Pierre, I'm the greatest champion to ever step in this octagon. Um, Rob, why don't you give me your thoughts on how the fight ended with the arm bar over Wilson Hayes, because I know you're probably not too familiar with either of these guys. Yeah, I did notice that he gave him a little beating before that arm bar. And, uh, <laughs> he did. I feel like if he wants a little more recognition, he's going to have to move his weight up a little bit. Well, yeah, that's a good point. So I think a lot of people really don't respect the flyweights that much, so maybe moving up and fighting somebody like Cody Nolov or somebody who has some recognition because I think 
you can't put all the blame on Mighty Mouse. There's really no trash talkers in that division. Uh, even his other rivals before this were very respectful to him, Joseph Benavidez and Henry Cejudo. But uh, you can't take anything away from Mighty Mouse. He's definitely a very skilled fighter. He submitted a, a high-level Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, and he basically beat the piss out of him before he submitted him. Uh, it seemed like by that point, Wilson Hayes was kind of looking for a way out. Jeff, do you have any thoughts on the fight itself? Yeah, man. Uh, Hayes was doing a good job at the beginning, moving around, showing a lot of head movement, a lot of footwork, but Mighty Mouse was just too fast and was hitting him too often. Yeah, and a lot of people were saying that if Wilson Hayes was going to be successful, it might be his wrestling that would do it, but uh, he wasn't able to take Mighty Mouse down, and if he was, it was brief, and Mighty Mouse jumped right back up, but uh, I, I would like to see Mighty Mouse move up and and get a more high-profile fight. If he does fight Cody Nolov or the winner of Cody Nolov and TJ Dillashaw at the end of this uh, Ultimate Fighter season that starts this week, I believe, then I think that would be a big draw on pay-per-view and he could finally get that big, big uh, payday he was looking for. Um, so some other people who might be in for some paydays are... The women who fought last night, the strawweights, Rose Namajunas and Michelle Waterson, who put on an awesome fight. And uh, Rose pulling out the spectacular uh, victory <laughs> by submission. Although I thought the fight was over when she landed that head kick out of nowhere. But Michelle Waterson really showing some toughness hanging in there. And, uh, you know, Rose, instead of blasting her on the ground and knocking her out she uh sunk in the rear naked choke and got the submission victory so i started with rob last time jeff why don't you give me your thoughts on this fight and what might be next for thug rose nama Yunus? yeah credit to rose she got probably her toughest win to date against a high profile fighter uh in michelle waters and maybe some of the casual fans don't know about her but people who really follow the sport, you know who Michelle Waterson is. You know how tough this chick is. And that choke was tight, man. I made this joke on uh, on Twitter and Facebook that Michelle Waterson looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger in that movie Total Recall <laughs> when uh, when he hits the that big uh, thing and then the hatch opens and he goes out into Mars and his head like explodes. That was Michelle Waterson's face last night. I hope you uh, I hope you put a picture for reference to go along with this post. By the way, if you're not following Jeff on Twitter, it's at animal underscore Wilson. Uh, so great breakdown. Rob, what did you think about this fight, and what did you think about the finish from Thug Rose? This is my first time witnessing Thug Rose lay a beating down, and uh, I got to say I'm quite a fan now. I like <laughs> to see her squeeze the blood out of people. Yeah, that was the other thing. When she was <laughs> squeezing that choke, the blood was just dripping out of Michelle Waterson's face, and she had that nasty hematoma over her eyebrow. And I, I saw a picture of her today, and her face is really swollen and beat up. But, I mean, she was still smiling at the end of that fight. I think she really loves to compete, and she's super tough. And I can't wait to see her back in the octagon. I'm sure you guys can't either. Jeff, do you think Thug Rose is prepared for Ioana Janjacek and a title fight. Or the winner of, of course, Ioana Janjacek is fighting Jessica Andrade for the strawweight title coming up. Do you think she's ready for that challenge for either one of those fighters? 
I don't think so, to be honest with you, Bill. Don't get me wrong. Rose Namajunas has a lot of skill, a lot of talent, but she doesn't even have 10 fights in the octagon yet. So I think that lack of experience, she, she needs to build on that before she can even start thinking about Yohana. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I wouldn't mind seeing her take a rematch with Karolina Kovokovic first. They fought to a pretty close decision their first time, and Rose said she knows exactly what she did wrong. So, And uh, Karolina, I think, was the biggest test for Joanna so far. So I think if Rose is able to go in there and win a rematch against Karolina, she would definitely be uh, more prepared for that shot against Joanna or against Jessica Andrade because we can't rule her out. Uh, she's a big, big straw weight. She's one of the first women to drop down to that weight class from 135 pounds. So, uh, of course, we'll break that one down when it gets closer to the fight. Uh, I think probably the biggest upset of the night, and Jeff, you had mentioned last week that if Whitaker could avoid the takedown, he might have a shot against Jacare. I mean, he's got some of the fastest hands, if not the fastest hands in the division, and he proved it last night. And I think even more impressive uh, than the knockout was the fact that he he gave his back up to Jacare. Jacare was on his back, and he had a hook and a half sunk in, and Whitaker was able to stay calm enough to escape that position, which not a lot of people do. As we've talked about so many times, Jacare has the most aggressive jiu-jitsu in the entire sport, I believe, with the exception of possibly Husamir Palharis, but he's basically not allowed to fight anywhere anymore. Um, Rob, what was your thoughts on uh, Robert Whitaker knocking out Jacare. Which fight was that? <laughs> I'll show you a picture of these guys. Uh, in the meantime, Jeff, why don't, you, why don't you give me your thoughts on this fight? Yeah, Bill, like I said last week, I was really hoping that Whitaker practices takedown defense, and he did, you know, uh, except for when Jacare was on his back. Every attempt after that, uh, Whitaker stuffed like a Christmas turkey, man. So, um, you know, good for him, and his his hands are awesome. He's such a good striker, and while I did mention a little bit that he could win, it was still a big shock for me to see him win, uh, because a little piece in my a little piece of me in the back of my head was saying Jakari is probably the most dangerous dude in terms of jujitsu in the middleweight division. So good for Whitaker, and I think he really threw his hat in the ring. I think he really shook up this middleweight division last night. Yeah, uh, for sure. And there, there's really, there's he's really kind of hitting the ceiling now because Jacare was arguably in line for a title shot. But like we said last week, this division is kind of bottlenecked with George St. Pierre coming in to face the champion Michael Bisping out of nowhere and Yoel Romero being next in line. Uh, I think the smart thing for Whitaker to do well, I don't know how smart it is to actually do this, but the smart thing would be to call out Yoel Romero because I think that would guarantee him a title shot if he were to win. And, uh, you know, Whitaker definitely has the power to knock Romero out because Romero is a slow starter. He usually doesn't uh, kick it into high gear until the third round or so. And the way with the momentum Robert Whitaker has right now, he might be able to get him out of there early. What would you think about Whitaker calling out Romero, and if you don't like that idea, what would you like to see next for him? I would love to actually see Whitaker versus Romero. Again, another tough fight. Uh, Romero is scary in his own right. He's a very good wrestler, and you know his striking is pretty vicious as well. 
but I think Whitaker is a little bit more technical on the feet. So I really think Whitaker could pull it out if he fought a smart fight. But again, I'm just really excited to see that fight. I would love it. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome. And and like I said, I think that would propel him uh, the quickest uh, to a title shot, which I think he's got six wins in a row now since moving up to middleweight. And we're seeing more and more guys who are having success fighting at a weight class above. You know, until his last fight, Donald Cowboy Cerrone had some success moving up to welterweight. Uh, Robert Whitaker, Kelvin Gastelum is another example of somebody who was having trouble making weight, moved up to middleweight, and and was seeing some success there. Uh, I want to skip around the card a little bit right now. Since we're talking about weight, I want to jump back to the flyweight division, which I thought this was definitely fight of the night. I believe it got the fight of the night bonus, and this is one of the best fights I've seen in a while, and that was uh, Louis Smokla facing Tim Elliott, who was the last person to face Mighty Mouse Johnson and definitely the biggest test of Mighty Mouse's flyweight career, in my opinion. But the sheer pace these guys put on was just ridiculous. They were nonstop from bell to bell with the grappling exchanges and the reversals and the sweeps, uh, just like an awesome display of jiu-jitsu. Do you remember this fight, Rob? Yeah, it was sick. They were moving uh, nonstop. It was tiring just to watch, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it seemed like you were just waiting for one of them to run out of gas, and it never happened. Jeff, what were your takeaways from this fight? So, Bill, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch this one, but that's one of the reasons that I love the flyweight division is, you know, these guys, it's like watching Dragon Ball Z. You know, these guys come, yeah, I mean, these guys come flying at each other. And uh, I remember the first flyweight fight I ever saw was Demetrius Johnson defending his belt against uh, John Dodson uh, the first time they fought. I mean, it was, I felt like I was watching Goku in there. It was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I, Jeff, you definitely need to go back and watch this fight. It's, It's up there with one of the best fights of the year. I would put it up there possibly... With the Cub Swanson Duho Choi fight, not as exciting as that fight. Don't get me wrong, but that's the only thing I can think to compare it to with the pace these two fought at. And you just expected one of them to get tired, and it didn't happen. So, uh, really awesome fight. Of course, Tim Elliott coming away with the unanimous decision. Um, but yeah, really awesome fight and well deserving of the fight of the night bonus. Uh, so I'm gonna jump around a little bit more. And Jeff, I don't know if you saw this fight either. Rob, I don't think you saw this one. But it was Zach Cummings against Nathan Coy, uh, who is an Ultimate Fighter alumni, American Top Team fighter. And this fight was on the undercard. I think it was on the fight pass prelims. And Zach Cummings submitted Nathan Coy with a guillotine. And it was a really unfortunate situation because Nate Coy tapped out to the guillotine several times and the referee, Mike England, didn't see the tap. And unfortunately, Zach Cummings, you know, kept fighting until he was told to stop. Nathan Coy passed out to the guillotine. And the referee, even after Coy was clearly unconscious, the referee took a little bit too long to get Cummings off of Nate Coy. Now, I don't think you can really blame 
Zach Cummings for not letting go when he felt a tap because if the referee doesn't stop it, you know, the guy could just claim afterwards that he didn't tap. So a guy went unconscious who didn't need to. It's not like he was just being a tough guy and he didn't want to tap out. He was submitting and then he got put unconscious anyway. Rob, I don't think you saw this fight, but what's your reaction to him tapping out and then getting put to sleep? I think the ref got to get choked out, man. Where was it? <laughs> the he's ref. Got, he's got to feel that pain a little bit. The ref, the ref was Mike England. I think that might be a fair punishment. And it's not like he was at a bad angle either. Jeff, did you catch this fight? And if not, uh, I think I gave enough detail for you to, to have a reaction to this. What do you think? Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't watch this one either, but that's unfortunate, man. You know, we always talk about how, especially in grappling, you know, you tap when you feel it. Uh, but, that, you know, that's unfortunate. And, you know, that's on the ref, man. You know, if you have the angle and you can see what's going on, and at some point, you as the ref, you have to be able to know when a body goes limp. I mean, you can just tell. You know, the, the struggle isn't there anymore. There'll be, like, the body will go a little bit more relaxed. I mean, the signs are there. So this should not be happening. Yeah, definitely not. Um, I mean, it, it sucks that it takes away from an awesome victory for Zach Cummings, who was the hometown fighter and a guy who feels like he's very underappreciated. And I tend to agree because he's he's had a lot of, of wins in the UFC. Um, you know, he's 21-5 and five as a professional I think it's time that he starts seeing some top 15 or top 10 contention. And, uh, yeah, really unfortunate that this this uh, choking out of Nathan Coy had to take away from the victory. So it's, it's really a shame. And I think it was a, a night of poor refereeing. I know Mario Yamasaki um, was under criticism for the... Bobby Green fight when Rashid Makamedov was punching him in the eye and Yamasaki said that he was poking him in the eye. Um, so a, a lot of bad calls by the refs on this card, but still overall top to bottom an awesome card. I think another awesome comeback on the undercard was uh, Anthony Smith and Andrew Sanchez. So Andrew Sanchez was pretty much dominating the first two rounds. These guys were both completely exhausted and Anthony Smith towards the end of the third round with with just over a minute left emptied the gas tank to knock out Andrew Sanchez with a, a come from behind uh, knockout victory so the Lionheart really uh, digging deep in this one and uh, I'm sure you didn't catch this one Jeff but uh, for those of you listening who didn't see this card uh, go back and watch it I, I don't know if you could see it on the Fox Sports Go app or, or your favorite uh you know, online MMA video app, but just some awesome fights. Did you catch the Anthony Smith, Andrew Sanchez fight, Jeff? I did not, but I might have to go back and check out some of these undercard fights because they sounded really entertaining. Yeah, even the the first fight uh, that kicked off the entire card was uh, Kayla Vieira, undefeated fighter, taking on all-American wrestler Ashley Evans-Smith, and Vieira looking very good in this fight. She, so she remained undefeated, won the decision over Ashley Evans-Smith. And this was a uh, judo versus wrestling kind of matchup. And um, Vieira took this one. It was kind of impressive that, that she was able to take down the all-American wrestler. 
Ashley Evans Smith, who has been a top contender for quite a while. Uh, we had some other fights on this car that were a little bit lackluster. The Roy Nelson fight uh, against Alexander Volkov. Uh, Rob, what did you think about this one? I think Roy should have knocked his head off. <laughs> I think Roy was trying to knock his head off, but it seemed like Alexander Volkov didn't really want to engage with him. He kind of did enough um, you know, to edge out the decision there. Uh, Jeff, what did you think about this fight? Yeah, this fight was not too exciting, but Big Country is up there in years, and uh, the other dude, I, f- I forgot his name, but he um, he did a good job of using his, his reach and his length, and he was uh, doing these uh, team kicks. Those are the Spartan kicks right up the middle and uh, really did a good job of attacking um, Big Country's body and just slowing him down, making him breathe heavy. So he did enough to win. Yeah, and uh, it, was, it was weird because uh, Big Country had those those toe print bruises mm-hmm. on his belly <laughs> at the end of the fight. Um, so what do you do with, with Big Country? Like, I, He's 40 years old. This was his first fight back from his suspension after kicking referee Big John McCarthy after his last fight. Uh, Rob, would you watch Big Country fight again if they put him on another card? I definitely would. I think my man needs to hit a little workout regimen before his next fight, but I'd like to see him knock somebody's head off one more time. All right, so Rob wants to see him back. Jeff, what do you think? You want to see a 40-year-old Roy Nelson back in the cage? I don't know, man. After last night, I, I got I to gotta go back and think about it. Yeah, I think the problem with Roy Nelson at this point is you have to put somebody in there with him that's going to engage with him and kind of stand and bang with him. Uh, and that's what we had in the fight between Patrick Williams and Tom Dukasnoy. I don't, I don't think I'm saying that name right, but this kid had a lot of hype uh, behind him. Uh, and he was fighting a very high-level wrestler in Patrick Williams. Uh, comes out of the same wrestling pedigree as C.B. Dalloway and, and Ryan Bader. Got knocked out uh, in the second round. Uh, what was your reaction to this fight, Jeff? Unfortunately, I didn't watch this one. Sorry, Bill. Oh, no worries. So, yeah, it was kind of back and forth. They were kind of beating on each other for the entire first round. And then uh, it was a pretty brutal knockout, uh, and it was the result of elbows. So, uh, yeah, Jeff, go back and watch this card, man. You missed a lot of good stuff. Were there any other fights that I skipped over that you have that you did see maybe the jeremy stevens Hanato carnero yeah i did wa- i only watched the main card and uh the roy nelson fight oh and the Corey anderson fight but that one was really boring um cory anderson and I believe he didn't, lost. Corey anderson didn't fight last night jeff oh sorry hold on who am i confusing him with maybe bobby uh, green? bobby green i think yeah bobby. yeah sorry i get them mixed up um because you know, I just don't care for either of them. So, um, so yeah, so Bobby Green lost. Um, the Jeremy Stevens fight, I was not crazy about. I thought he should have won just because he wasn't running away for the entire fight. Um, yeah, really disappointing that one. So, yeah, I love Jeremy Stevens, but his opponent just, uh, he made it a, a really boring fight. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the best matchmaking 
I've seen in the in the history of anything. But you know, one judge did give it to Jeremy Stevens because it was a split decision. But yeah, pretty boring fight. Um, other than that, Aljamain Sterling unanimous decision all over uh, Augusto Mendez, and I think that's pretty much all I wanted to touch on for this fight card. I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Jeff, what would you like to see next for Jacare? Because here he was ranked probably number two in the middleweight division. And, um, you know, he got knocked down the ladder a little bit. So what do you do with this guy? Because he's clearly still a big contender. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Jacare is out of the title picture by any means. So I would like to see him either fight Chris Weidman or give him a rematch with Gegard Mousasi. All right. So maybe... Do the uh, the trilogy fight with Gegar Mousasi? I think uh, that's that's probably a good choice, and yeah, I think that's pretty much what I would say as well. I think that that fight makes a lot of sense, and you know, unfortunately, any of these guys are going to have to wait around a while because we still don't know when Michael Bisbing is going to fight George St. Pierre. So I'm going to get into. I'm going to move on to next week's card, which is Fight Night 108 uh, from Nashville, Tennessee. And this is actually an awesome card. And Rob, I'm going to start with you because I know you know the guy who's headlining this fight. It's Cub Swanson. He beat your boy Duho in his last fight. Dirty dog. (laughs) Rob is a huge, huge Duho Choi fan. So I don't know if he's too keen on Cub Swanson. He's fighting Artem Lobov, who is training partners with Conor McGregor. They call him the Russian Hammer. He's a Russian dude who lives in Ireland. And a lot of people think that he don't, he doesn't deserve this fight with Cub Swanson in the main event. Uh, and he's only getting it because he trains with Conor McGregor. So, Rob, I know you're familiar with Cub Swanson. What do you think about this fight? And what do you expect to happen between Cub Swanson and the Russian Hammer? You know, it's not that I don't like Cub Swanson, but that other guy, Low Bobby, kind of got a beatable face, and I want to <laughs> see him lose. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people agree with that. Uh, I don't think people are too happy that he's getting this main event shot because he hasn't done too much in the division. Uh, he's basically known for a, a big overhand right punch but he hasn't knocked anybody out since coming off the ultimate fighter and uh, losing in the finale there to ryan hall jeff what's your take on this main event next week um actually that entire card looks really good but i think lobov can beat cub swanson um i think he's he's a tough dude he's got that powerful overhand right and i think it's to his advantage that he trains with conor mcgregor you know conor mcgregor is one of the best in the world right now. So how could you not be improving and getting better all the time when you're training with someone like that? Yeah, all right, good point. Um, So I'm going to glance over this card, and Jeff, uh, like we always do, I'm going to give you three fights, and you tell me which one sticks out to you the most. So we got Diego Sanchez versus Raging Iaquinta making his comeback. Then we got Talos Latis. And Sam Alvey. Okay, and then we got Jake Ellenberger against Diamond Mike Perry, also known as God's Gift, because that's what he has tattooed across his stomach. Which one of those fights jumps out to you the most, Jeff? 
Oh, I'll be honest with you, Bill. All of those fights sound awesome. But I think that for me, the one that you need to watch and keep an eye on is Diego Sanchez and Al Iaquinta. That's going to be, I feel like that's going to be a barn burner. Any fight that Diego Sanchez is in is going to be a really entertaining fight. But not to take away from any of the other fights, they all look really good and sound like very fun fights to watch. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, Ally Quintus coming in with a lot of aggression. He had a falling out with the UFC and and payment and things like that. So he has a really long layoff. And he went through a phase where he basically said he was going to retire from fighting. And he's coming off a, a win against Jorge Masvidal, who has been on a tear lately since... Uh, since changing weight classes, he moved up to welterweight. So, you know, that's a big win, but he hasn't fought since April 2015. And then his last fight was a win over Joe Lozon, and he also has a win over Ross Pearson. He's coming off a four-fight win streak, and uh, Diego Sanchez is coming off an underdog victory himself, so that should be a, an interesting fight. We also have Ovin St. Prue, who's been having a rough go of it lately, and he's fighting... Uh, Marcos Rogerio de Lima. Uh, so that should be interesting. But I want to jump down the card a little bit more. And we got John Dodson uh, fighting Eddie Wineland. So this should be an explosive fight. And I think it's one of the sleepers. And they got it on the prelims. What What are your thoughts about this fight, Jeff? Oh, dude, that's going to be awesome. I think I'm with you on that. I think it's going to be a sleeper. Both of these guys have so much power in their hands. They could... Put each other away easily so this is definitely going to be fun to watch yeah for sure um I, and then uh one more which is right now it's listed as the card opener but sometimes sure dog mixes up the order of these things but they have this card opening with joe lozon against stephen ray which i think <laughs> you know should definitely be a main card anytime uh, Joel Lozon is on a card. I think he should be at least on the main card. I think he's one of the most exciting fighters ever. And uh, Stephen Ray coming off a controversial decision over uh, Ross Pearson in his last fight. And that was in November. So the Scottish fighter had a lot of hype behind him uh, when he came into the UFC. And he's had some impressive wins. And he's had some not-so-impressive wins. And... He also had a loss. But what are your thoughts on Stevie Ray and Joe Lozon, Jeff? I think that was going to be good. And to address uh, Steve Ray's last fight, I actually thought he beat Ross Pearson. Um, it was close, but I thought he won. So Stevie Ray, a little bit of hype behind him. And Joe Lozon, I mean, we've talked about him a hundred times on this show. He's awesome. He's a good grappler. Actually, he's a great grappler. Let me rephrase that. Yeah. And he's a solid striker. So, you know, he can win on the feet, he can win on the ground. So this is going to be a really interesting test for, for uh, Steve Ray there. Yeah, so an awesome fight card uh, that you're getting for free. Uh, I believe it'll be on Fox Sports 1. I don't think this one's on Fight Pass, but uh, we'll have to double-check that. And I'll, I'll, tweet out, uh, I'll tweet out what I find out. So Nashville, Tennessee, UFC Fight Night 108, Cub Swanson versus Artem Lobov looks like a really awesome card up and down. So coming off of the awesome card from last night, uh, we really have some great fights on the horizon. And 
you know, the the last couple of pay-per-views have been uh, somewhat disappointing or weird stuff has happened or or things like that. So uh, the fight nights seem to be the way to go. You know, if you're not going to miss a card, I'd say tune in for the fight nights because uh, these are are the cards that have been the most exciting. Uh, Rob, any other thoughts on the fights from last night that we missed or any thoughts on this fight card next week coming up? Well, about the fights coming up next week, I got a message to all the fighters fighting. Okay. Let's see some blood, man. <laughs> people what they pay for. Let's see some actions, some knockouts, some face kicks, <laughs> some stomach curling, bloody shit. <laughs> stomach curling, bloody shit. All right. right. <laughs> I I agree. I'm on board with that, Jeff. Any other thoughts on the fights? either last week or coming up next week before we get into uh, some booze talk here. Yeah, uh, this last card was awesome, and the the card coming up this Saturday looks great too. So, you know, I think we're in for a treat here. Yeah, definitely. So speaking of treats, uh, Rob and I, while we were watching the fight card last night, we broke into some Knob Creek bourbon. So... Rob historically is not a big whiskey drinker, but he's slowly been uh, getting a taste of a few things. We uh, introduced him to the uh, Jim Beam Apple, which I know you're a big fan of, Jeff. You talked about that on the show uh, a couple of weeks in a row, I think, a few weeks ago. And we moved on to Jim Beam Bourbon. So, Rob, last night was your first experience with Knob Creek. So what was your experience with this bourbon? I'm actually developing quite a tongue for the whiskey, and uh, i got to say that Knobs Creek is it's pretty nice. I really <laughs> forget a lot of the fights that I watched. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was the 100-proof uh, the bourbon, so it has, a, it has quite a kick to it, and it's got a little bit of burn. So if you don't like that, burn with your whiskey and you like the smoother more mellow bourbon that you would get with like a Jim Beam or something like that this is probably not the bourbon for you but if you like that little bit of harshness and that little bit of burn uh, it's nice with a water back or on the rocks as we always recommend on this show drink it raw (laughs) Rob says drink it raw Uh, Jeff any experience with Knob Creek at all I think I've had it with you, actually, and I remember it putting some hair on my chest. Yeah, it tends to do that. Um, So, yeah, hair on your chest, it'll keep you warm and it'll keep you protected when when people are shitting in your mouth, Jeff, Uh, which you won't care because you're on spring break and you don't care if that happens. So, uh, were you sipping on anything interesting this past weekend or do you have anything lined up because i know you're on this spring break right now um right now really uh i wasn't drinking last night but thursday was the last day of work so a couple of co-workers and i went to this um this irish uh restaurant this irish pub uh near clifton new jersey if any of uh, our listeners are from new jersey um What's the so name of the spot? Give them a plug. Oh, um, it's called uh, it's called the Shannon Rose, mm-hmm. which I really enjoyed. So I had the shepherd's pie with lamb instead of beef. Interesting. Which, 
Yeah, if ever you can order it with lamb, order it with lamb. It's delicious. All right. And to wash it down, I had a Guinness and a Smithics. So, you know, uh, I'm a creature of habit, though. So that's what I tend to gravitate towards. There you go. I've been a I've been a big fan of the Guinness lately. Actually, I had a cocktail last night that had Guinness in it. It was a monkey shoulder whiskey with Guinness, a little bit of banana liqueur, and some hibiscus flour. And uh, you wouldn't think that these ingredients go together, but it really came together pretty nice. So, um. I have I have some other cocktails that I want to talk about on the show coming up, and I'm thinking about possibly doing some more YouTube videos because I got away from the YouTube thing. I thought it was going to be something I would do consistently, but then I didn't. So I may reserve YouTube just for the alcohol portion of MMA on the Rocks. Uh, but if you do want to check out the YouTube channel, you can subscribe to MMA on the Rocks. We'll have some stuff up there eventually and if you want to get a hold of me any other way of course it's at mma on the rocks twitter facebook instagram or you can go to mma on the rocks.com and you can send me a message that way we also want to see you guys participate in the new hashtag we have which is hashtag mma drink team so join the drink team and all you have to do is use the hashtag and let us know what you're drinking during the fights. So for Rob and I, it was Knob Creek last night. For Jeff, it was some uh, Guinness and Smithics. We want to know what you guys are thinking and drinking during these fights. So use the hashtag. Let us know. If you want to get a hold of Jeff, it's at Animal underscore Wilson on Twitter. Uh, and he's tweeting like a maniac lately. So that, that's a good follow. So get out there and get after it. Jeff, any closing thoughts this week? Uh, I think we had a great week of fights, some good drinks, so uh, cheers, everybody, and we will catch you next week. All right, Rob, any closing thoughts? Cheers. Next fight, 108, see some blood, put some whiskey on the rocks, be a man. <laughs> man shit and shitting in mouths. That's what, that's what we're all about this week. All right. <laughs> So hopefully this wasn't too much of a disaster, having the uh, the three-way phone call. We'll see how this uh, recording comes out. And I think that's all we got for this week. So cheers, everybody. Goodbye. Later, shitheads. <laughs>